welcome to episode 21 of the Alan Badger podcast. My name is Tim and I'm joined by my very good friend Helen and we are two Christians who are seeking to understand the world around us through a biblical worldview. We want to encourage our listeners to apply critical thinking to news and current events as we seek to live for Christ. Good morning Helen, how are you doing? Good morning, I'm fine, thank you. Excellent. We're on our um, early mornings, although it does it's difficult to tell, isn't it, when you open the curtains, uh, whether yeah. it's it's morning or evening because of the time of year we're recording this in. But um, I think I think mornings works better for us, doesn't it? Yeah, it seems to. I think so. Oh, well, look, um, we're going to get straight into um, the topic that we've got for this episode because we potentially have got quite a lot of things we want to cover in a relatively short amount of time. Um, so... Without further ado, we are going to be chatting through the reasonably recent COP27 conference and we're going to be touching on a a few other things like um, a little touch on Just Stop Oil. We're going to be thinking about the response of the church and uh, we're going to be asking that question, what, what should we do as Christians? What should our response be? Where should our focus be? So we really hope that this will be um, helpful, encouraging, and as ever, we want to shine a light on the truth. So I think a good question to ask, isn't it, Helen, right at the start is, is there a climate emergency? Because one could be forgiven for thinking that there is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, I think it's a very important question to ask and one that's not being asked by most people it's just assumed now or we're told there's a climate emergency so there must be um it's become part of that acceptable narrative i think yeah. quite similar to covid you yes. just accept what you're told repeat the mantra um but but actually it's not the case that all scientists agree and it is the case that if they speak out against the narrative they lose their funding their career and potentially their reputation. Right. Again, okay. very similar to what has happened in COVID. Yeah. Um, w- one uh, lady I've listened to recently called Dr. Judith Curry. She's a climatologist, and she's one example. And she says the idea that planet Earth is fragile is just not true. It's amazingly resilient. And she says that climate is a highly complex system, which we don't understand. And therefore, we cannot model with any accuracy. And of course, many of these predictions that we're constantly being told, oh, you know, this is going to happen in a 10 years time, temperatures are going to rise by this much, or sea levels going to rise by this much, or whatever, they're all based on models. Right, yeah. And there are um, a huge number of unknowns, of confounding factors, of observations which just don't fit the narrative. Um, For example, climate, I think we've said this before, climate has never been static. Mm -hmm. There was no pre-industrialization perfect state, which is what people seem to assume. Yeah, that's often hailed now as it always can be perceived as being hailed as the marker, isn't it? The the start of the Industrial Revolution, which which began in in this country, in, in England. And that's the kind of the beginning of all our ills, if we are to believe the narrative. Yeah. Um, another one, uh, carbon dioxide, and now it's been simplified to to just carbon. Mm. Um, carbon dioxide is not the only greenhouse gas. It is a greenhouse gas. And the human-caused part of the carbon dioxide is only a fraction 
a fraction of it, and we don't actually know how much. Um, other greenhouse gases include water vapor. No okay. one talks about that, do they? <laughs> um, and of the carbon dioxide, which is produced by humans, the vast majority, no surprise, is produced by countries like China and India. So for us in this country, any efforts that we make, it's such a tiny percentage of of what the world's human beings produce that it will make no difference. Yeah, it it, it is astounding, and that that's a question. That's a question I think of that certainly I've often asked, and I'm sure you have as well. Is 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 this idea that okay, as the UK, if we are going to first of all believe all this, and then secondly act upon it, it matters not one bit what we do considering what countries like you say like China and India do and China incidentally they would in this regard see themselves as a in quotes developing country therefore don't come under the same onus of responsibility to reduce their carbon emissions which is absurd um but yeah i mean we 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 could we could take ourselves back to the dark ages and it would make non not one jot of a difference. But anyway, yeah, it, that is worth that's worth reminding ourselves about. No, no, that's really good. No, keep going. It is. Um, well, another thing that's talked about a lot now are extreme weather events, mm. which happen, um, but we cannot say they've been caused by climate change. Um, apparently, they they are no more frequent than they have been in the past. You know, extreme events happen and happen all the time. It's just that now we're being told that they're only happening because of climate change. And, and that's what we've had in our, in our, we have a local paper and we have, um, in this area, we have a reasonably famous museum and the, the, the Lord, um, who is the, the owner of the estate where the museum is, he was, he was, um, spouting the party line on this and and talking about the uh, the extremes of of weather as he puts it being being proof beyond doubt effectively that that, that climate change is real and you just think it's just nonsense but anyway yeah <laughs> extreme weather events happen they always have they do so another thing that, uh, that Judith Curry brings up is um, which I haven't really thought about before. She says that even if warming is occurring and it's unlikely to be caused by humans, then it's not necessarily a bad thing. So, okay. you know, we're told that even the slightest bit of warming, I think it's one and a half degrees we're told at the moment, um, you know, that could be catastrophic. Well, well, she says that that actually isn't true. And, you know, who am I to say? She's the scientist. Um Another point is that developed countries preventing others from developing, which is primarily Africa, is is bad for human flourishing. So, you know, why should we as a developed nation tell others, well, I'm sorry, but you can't benefit from all the benefits we've had from industrialization. Mm. And actually poverty prevents care for the environment. So, you know, many people burning dung and wood in huts it's far that's far more damaging for the environment and particularly the local environment and for those people's health apparently huge numbers of people die every year because of those living conditions yes 
yeah, in, indeed. And and just look at look at life expectancy. Look at life expectancy in the the so-called developed world. I I, use, I, I say so-called simply because there's a lot of things that we hold fast to now in in the in quotes developed world, which um, which are backwards in terms of thinking. But anyway, historically developed world. Look at the life expectancy and then compare that to a country where poverty is rife. And you're talking a difference of 20 or 30 years on someone's life. So if you were to yeah. believe all this climate alarmism, surely it should be the other way around, shouldn't it? Surely it should be those in abject poverty who are living till 82.5 years, not 43 years. Uh, it's just, um, yeah, it doesn't quite, doesn't ring true, does it? And yeah, burning, burning, burning stuff in your your house without a proper chimney that's that's really definitely not good for you no no um so there's some other other things that i was looking at um uh, lawrence fox has done recently some um a little piece on five of the big um climate so-called facts which can be disputed and a couple of those i thought were quite interesting one is um something that has been talked about a lot recently that wind power is nine times cheaper than gas, which is um, apparently when you look at the actual figures is just not true. And it's calculated using manipulation of figures and that wind power isn't at all cheaper than gas. And of course, gas prices have recently rocketed. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, comparing it maybe now, maybe makes wind look even better. The The other thing that is worth pointing out about wind power is that and and this this is just local generalization we have a we have a lot of w- wind farms in in the sea so about sort of a few miles offshore and you can see a lot of these if you go to the coast you'll see a lot of them whether that's up north on the east coast on the south coast you'll you'll, you'll see them on the horizon um the the issue is is that the wind has a tendency to drop at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, when the sun sets, not all the time, obviously, but but as a general rule, that's what happens. And when that happens, especially at sunset, that's often tea time when you need the most electricity and the most power going into the grid. Um, so I'm not quite sure in a country that's on one time zone like ours is. Um, I don't know if there's an easy way around that. I don't think there is. But anyway. But yeah, yeah, it's it's not it, it's not all it's cracked up to be, and not to no. mention the damage it does to birds. Yeah, wind wind farms are documented. terrible for um, for birds; they take them yeah. out at an alarming rate, sadly. And apparently, bats as well. I was reading recently. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you know, I don't know that anyone's arguing that wind power in the mix is you know, maybe an important part of the mix, mm, but yeah. this idea that you could rely on wind and solar power and also that that doesn't require resources as well because, of course, a huge amount of resources is needed and land area um, yeah. in order to, to produce the technology to harvest the power and also to position the wind turbines and the solar panels. If you compared the kind of footprint of a solar farm or wind farm to um to say a nuclear power station you that you, you cannot compare them you know nuclear power station footprint would be 
very small relative to to a wind farm or or solar farm to produce mm. the equivalent um so yeah i think and I don't know if you're going to go on to talk about solar at all, but it's just also worth pointing out a couple of things with solar, isn't it? That they cover up large areas of land, which is bad for wildlife that would normally have a habitat which a solar panel is covering. But on top of that, solar panels are incredibly intensive things to be produced, produced in often in the Far East. And if you really want to keep going down this route produced by people in conditions which are awful yeah and so to say it's an environmental um answer is simply not true it's just it's just a convenient perceived answer for for a problem that can be solved in other ways and yes you know solar panels can be good I think in in certain situations they can work really well, but to cover large swathes of land in them, that's not the answer. Well, of course, you also can't produce food on that land. No, you can't. Which is an issue as well. Well, yes, and that's 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 probably an important thing for us to look at at some point because there's a lot lot in there that needs unpacking, isn't it? Anyway, sorry, I I keep going, Helen. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. Um, Well, another thing, uh, of course, talked about is you know islands are going to sink into the sea as sea levels rise. Um, And again, there's questions to be asked there. For example, the Maldives apparently building new runways. Yes, they are, and increasing their land area. Yep. Um, so this net zero, you know, we have to reach net zero by 2030 or sooner, you know, that's not very far away. Um, so a drive to reach net zero, even if we could ever do that and in a hurry will lead to more poverty. It will, it will involve vast expense and a redirection of funds, which were being used for development into renewables and and one thing to mention there is that actually huge amounts of electricity are needed yes. for these developments yeah yeah they are Where, where's it all going to come from that's yeah um another question which um judith curry raises is what about the politics behind all this to to imply that this is not a political issue is is just naive there's a political agenda behind all of this um there are great concentrations of power which we've talked about before particularly with the unelected world economic forum it was interesting to note that klaus schwab was at the recent g20 and my question is why was he there yeah i I wondered that as well i mean if 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 the wef is of no consequence at all it's just it's just a little uh talking shop then then what's he doing there there's yeah. nothing to see here, is there? That that's that's the point. There is nothing to see here. That that's what you need to kind of. That's the line we need to go with, isn't it? There's nothing to see here, uh, but clearly there is <clears throat> a lot to wow. see and a lot to understand and a lot to perceive, and it's worth taking note. Yeah, gathering with the world leaders, and presumably he sees himself as a world leader too. Uh, um, yes. There was an, an interesting quote from him at the G20. He said. What we have to confront is a deep, systemic, structural restructuring of our world. This will take some time, and the world will look differently after we have gone through this transition process. 
Yes, <clears throat> he's still he's really is pursuing the great reset, isn't he? He's leading. He's like the Pied Piper, leading leading the way, and with the um, with everything that COVID has facilitated, he wants to keep that ball rolling at an ever faster rate. It would seem. So just um, finishing up on this question, really, of is there a climate emergency? I think one of the other things that has been really noticeable recently is the change in language and the use of emotive language. Um, so when I was at school, there was talk about greenhouse gases and some talk about climate change. But now the language has changed and, and it's climate breakdown, climate meltdown climate mm. emergency mm. you know this alarmist language and i was reading a tear fund who say that there is a hunger crisis in east africa because of climate meltdown well i thought I i'm not so sure about that there's been a hunger crisis in east africa for some time and so i looked back through a number of organizations and what they've said over recent years about the situation in East Africa, which is which is dire, and when you look, they these people commenting on the situation over years, they cite conflict, lack of infrastructure, mm -hmm. poverty, displacement due to civil unrest and war, AIDS, you know, all of these things as the causes of the problems in East Africa. Natural weather events also a factor, but but again, nothing new. But now this simplistic language is being used even by tear fund. No, it's climate meltdown. Yeah. So, it, so if there is if there is a, a a hurricane or if there's a flood, clearly that is a significant thing. That that is that is a that is a, um, a serious issue for people in that area to to overcome. But that doesn't cause their poverty in the first place so if a, if a country is is wealthy because they've industrialized they have uh, an economy they have a stable society and then they have a flood or then they have a hurricane the hurricane or the flood will still have really quite awful consequences but their ability to overcome that isn't dependent on the weather it's, de it's dependent on the fact that they've actually had the ability to to build an economy to to um, build the infrastructure through industrialization beforehand. So to suggest that oh it's it's the weather that prevents people from doing that is is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's the same. I was reading the other day um, from Compassion. They were talking about a particular um, community. Uh, I don't remember which country, somewhere in Africa, where they were talking about what had happened to them and how terrible it had been through COVID. But it wasn't the it wasn't the disease, it wasn't the illness that had caused the problems. It was the measures. It was mm. the lockdowns. Yes. And of course, this issue of resilience, you know, in, in this country it was bad enough, but you know, we had money thrown at the situation. Um, you know, there's a furlough scheme for people who couldn't work. Of course, in these communities, if they can't work, they can't eat. No. People die if they can't work. And if they've been told you can't work and the whole the whole system is stopped, 
because of a fear of a virus everything goes you know people's people's lives are affected dramatically and people die yeah 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 it it, it it's it's pretending that there is truth in in this when when there isn't um it's uh, we've used this word many times and uh, we want to try and avoid using always the same words but but it is it, it, it is a hoodwinking sadly um and that's a serious accusation to be honest because it's not you don't want to be doing that you don't want to be involved in hoodwinking but sadly that's what this is mm. um but you yeah okay yeah so just, and just a final comment that um there are <laughs> this usual issue where we have um the things that we're told and then the things that we're not told so there have been a number of articles recently about things like the regeneration of coral reefs growing when we're told, you know, the coral reefs are going to disappear. Um, the ice sheets expanding. Oh, all of a sudden the ice sheets are expanding. Why, why is that happening? We weren't expecting that. No. Polar bear populations flourishing. Why aren't we being told about that? Um, yeah, so these things, they're not, as I said before, and it sounds like a cop-out, but they're not straightforward. These are complex issues but we're just being fed a very simplistic line. And I think we need to question that. It's it's that trend of a narrative being adhered to. And simply because the fact that most in the mainstream, well, all in the mainstream, adhere to that narrative, therefore that narrative must be true. And you, we cannot afford to make that correlation anymore. Just because a lot of people say something does not make it true. Truth isn't reliant on numbers. Truth is reliant on whether it's true or not. And there might be one person in the room saying, actually, hold on, I think you'll see that this is true. And that one person might be going against everybody else in the room, but they might be right. And as Christians, we've got to hold fast to that. As soon as we start putting... Um, a great deal of emphasis on the sheer numbers of people saying something. Well, we've said goodbye to wisdom for one thing. Yeah. Not to mention it, that being an unbiblical way to view <laughs> to view the world. Shall, shall we move on? That's a really, I think that's a really great, um, <clears throat> helpful introduction overview. Shall we talk about COP twenty seven? Because yeah. that that will flow nicely from from whether there is a, a climate emergency. First of all, ask the question: What is what is COP twenty seven? Um, it doesn't seem like that long ago. We were doing COP twenty six. We did do a podcast on COP twenty six, which um, you can find in our our ever growing archive. Um, I can't remember which which episode number it is, but basically no, go back go back ago. a year ago. Yeah. It's not difficult to find. Um, so COP stands for and i i would never have got this myself i i when i first heard about cop i was trying to think what on earth does this stand for and when i found out i thought well that just sounds really clunky but anyway it stands for the conference of the parties of the unfccc 
It sounds it sounds it has a yeah. bit of a Soviet ring to it, doesn't it? It's a bit it's a bit it's a bit, it's a bit too socialist for me. Um, and UNFCC stands for the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, put together by the um, person for in charge of snappy acronyms. It uh, entered entered into being in March 1994. Um, today, the UNFCCC has near universal membership. Made up of it's made up of 198 uh, countries. Well, sorry, the the 198 countries that have that have ratified the convention, they are called parties to the convention, and so that's where the conference of the parties come from, and the ultimate aim of the UNFCCC is to prevent dangerous human interference with the climate system. That's their ultimate aim. Humans are dangerous and they need to be prevented from interfering with the climate system. Even though I would have thought that as God's created beings that we are part of the world that he has created. So anyway... Uh, the recent COP27 was held at Sharm el-Sheikh, which is in Egypt, and it was billed as being a defining moment in the fight against climate change. Most most people cycled there, didn't they, Helen? I think most people guess. cycled or yeah. um, walked. Is that right? I think that's Hopefully. what I, I, I saw. I saw most world leaders on some some on tandems. It was quite it was quite amazing, actually. <laughs> yeah, all forty five thousand of them. Mm. Yeah, trundled in on there. Yeah, wheeled bicycles. Yeah, they, it was it was it was quite something, and <laughs> and then I woke up and realised the reality was that there many flew in on, on private jets. Um, by the way, a private jet, if, you, if in case you don't know, is 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 hailed as as one of the um, one of the the worst ways to travel in terms of emissions, and yet private jet usage over the last three years has, excuse the pun, skyrocketed, literally. So whilst whilst um, those of us who don't normally travel in uh, a Gulf Stream and would go on EasyJet haven't been able to travel or, or found travel so difficult because either for some unfathomable reason there is no no nobody to put your suitcase on the plane or whatever those who can afford um, travel will be will be flying uh, from. Uh, the farmers of this world to wherever they want to go on their private jets, and that, that's really skyrocketed. And it's interesting the, the BBC, um, the BBC fact checkers, um, whatever whatever that means, they they did a breakdown of um, the type of jets that were used um, uh, for travelling to to COP twenty seven, and uh, they did. A thing on an analysis on how much fuel they burn per hour. I mean, it really was. You had to like really be into aeroplanes uh, to 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 like this. And it, it, it doesn't matter whether you kind of rock up in a Gulfstream G five fifty or via an economy class ticket. If world leaders really believed the catastrophe they were telling us this is, they would have conducted COP twenty seven by Zoom. 
they wouldn't have yeah. travelled if they really believed what they were saying. And and it's the, and going back to this BBC article, it's just it's just their kind of willingness to play down the hypocrisy of world leaders attending a summit by essentially going into irrelevant details and trying to compare um, Granny Smiths with Golden Delicious. And it was just it was it was yeah it was uh, yeah predictable it's, for the it's BBC. It's a case of do as I say, not do as I do, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but we know that. I mean, you, you go back to like, um, was it? It was it? Was it the G eight? The numbers seem to fluctuate of who's in that particular, <laughs> in that particular group. It was a G eight, wasn't it? We had back in Cornwall in twenty twenty one, was it? And they did that whole charade yeah. with their socially distanced. Um, photo opportunity and then their masks on and then next thing you know they're all together chin wagging laughing watching the red arrows without masks and you think hold on a sec yeah but the people who are in the masks are the people waiting on them behind yes you know you yes. see these little yes surfs in their masks and it's these same people who are trotting off to cop 26 in their private jets telling the rest of us just you know we want you to live in a live in a hovel and not have any heating but anyway let's let's not get ahead of ourselves so we've got this whole notion at cop 27 we were following the science do you, do you look helen we talked about this a lot now do you do you know yet what that means following the science <laughs> i've tried to come up with a definition i've i'm still failing following the science okay it's it's because you see science is as been established beyond a shadow of a doubt that the window of action on the climate is is closing is closing rapidly we have this alarming alarmist language coming from cop um um, goes on to talk about uh, that egypt assumes the incoming presidency of cop 27 with a clear recognition of the gravity of the climate sorry of the global climate challenge and appreciation of the value of multilateral collective and concerted action as the only means to address the truly global threat, and we have we have this we have this consistent use of language, don't we? This you know this idea that we, we're in this disaster together. It is a disaster, and the only way to tackle it is to come together. Is collectivism, is unity, is comradeship, and it's a language that we heard come to prominence since March 2020 it's interesting it's worth paying just pay attention to these little details because they're important because they build up to the bigger picture of where this is all heading yeah um, they are important and it's it's always about global solutions yes so never mind you know you local communities looking after your local communities mm-hmm. and making your decisions locally this is about global top down yes directives it very much very much so and and as christians this is you don't look look the thing is this isn't something for us to focus on as this becomes our thing and i never suggested that and never would suggest that but it is important to have in the back of your mind it is important to have a view on this it is important to pay attention not that we become consumed by but ultimately that it points us to look to Jesus and his return, which is a glorious thing. There were a few outcomes from COP27, weren't there, Helen? Do you want to... There were. What, what have we got? So we've got a breakthrough agreement to provide loss and damage funding for vulnerable countries hit hard by climate disasters. Hmm. So this loss and damage funding is coming from 
the um, developed countries. But the question is, of course, who decides what constitutes a climate disaster? Yes, that's who, who does who does decide that? Uh, I guess they, I guess collectively in this collectivism, this group think they all come to believe clearly the same narrative and therefore I suppose they all say well clearly there's a disaster because everybody's saying there's a disaster so there must be a disaster hence there is a disaster presumably that's that's what they they, they do and then of course they have um, all the scientists in the world especially if you're to believe the um, just stop oil protesting on top of the M25 all the scientists in the world saying that that this is the case so yeah, yeah I, I guess I guess it's that group think thing, isn't it? Um, and like you said, Helen, previously, this this is what we saw happening with with COVID, where there was one narrative, where there was this is this is the the only answer. Anything that's contrary to this is is misinformation, is disinformation, is lies, conspiracy theories, whatever, whatever you know, whatever derogatory term could be used. Um, but I guess the other question is: Do do we have the power to to limit global temperature fluctuations? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? Well, well I mean, if if we if we all went back to the Stone Age and um, lived in our houses with no electricity and no heating, no running water, no internet, then would that make any difference? Would the temperature remain constant, or would it possibly continue to fluctuate? Yes, I I have my suspicions as what would happen. What I know with certainty would happen is that people would die, and there yeah. would be misery. That's certain. But uh, anyway, so we have got Simon Steele, who's uh, the UN Climate Change Executive Secretary, and he says the outcome moved us forward, talking about COP27. He says, we have determined a way forward on a decades-long conversation on funding for loss and damage, deliberating over how we address the impacts on communities whose lives and livelihoods have been ruined by the very worst impacts of climate change. And this was a lot. This was in the news quite a bit, wasn't it? I mean, we had... Um, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, Rishi Sunak, um, trying to bat away this this idea as it was branded of reparations paid to, to countries that have, in quotes, suffered from the effects of, of climate change and payments, the, the idea that, that perhaps payments should come from countries that have benefited from um, industrialization, of which the United Kingdom was the first because we were the first to, we were at the the spearhead of the industrial revolution so therefore we should we should kind of cough up first it's um slightly bonkers to be honest um but it really does this kind of thinking really fits with the overall narrative of something like cop 27 um it fits in with a kind of a leveling down which is ultimately what is wanted to be achieved i think um, there was, yeah, so it's not only about transforming our way of lives, it's about, you know, making us pay more money to countries that, that you know, perhaps have suffered more. So, I mean, do we do we pay money to India, for example, who have a space program? I, I don't know. Do we pay money to China, who would, in this regard, class themselves perhaps as a developing country? 
do we? I don't know. Maybe that's a fair thing to do. I, I doubt it somehow. Um, the, the other thing to realise is that it isn't just about paying money. It's it's this money. The idea of this as well is to um, prevent those countries from developing. So, you know, it's this idea of, well, we'll give you money so that you don't burn coal and gas. Yeah. Yes. Um, so you just stay yes. as you are. Yes. Have this bit of money, um, and and that will all be fine. Well, actually, what we're saying is, you. So therefore, you can't improve your living conditions for your people. Because it's that that's how to get people out of poverty is to improve their living conditions, and mm -hmm. that that will require development. And we're effectively saying, no, 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 don't do that. Here you are. We'll give you some money. Don't do that. Or, 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 and presumably as well, it'll be in quotes sustainable development. So we'll cover your your farmland with solar panels, so you yeah. can't graze your your cattle. Your way of life is destroyed. Your environment suffers. And again, the people who manufacture these things continue to suffer. Um, yeah, it's it's it is. It does seem a bit like an absurdity, doesn't it? So the United Kingdom is currently committed to, to just shy of £12 billion to go towards reducing emissions. Um, and and this, this figure is still on the table, despite there currently being a £50 billion, that's five zero billion black hole in the United Kingdom public purse. I think that's a very conservative effort, uh, effort uh, uh, estimate, by the way. Um we're seeing costs spiraling in this country. I know that, that you know many countries are seeing the same thing. Having now savage cuts being made um, by the Chancellor and the Prime Minister, the situation is is dire, and this country is not in a place to be just throwing money around the world as if as if we've got money to burn. Um, one of the other things that there was a highlight um, of the COP27 conference, and this has been in other COP conferences as well, of course, is the, is the talk about adaptation. And this adaptation is about kind of making adjustments to degree, to um, decrease the vulnerability of communities, regions and nations to climate variability and change through promoting sustainable development. Um, and... This term in encompasses many things, and one of the things that's included in this is is an, is is an objective to reduce rural areas to to wilderness. You will hear a lot about rewilding in this country, and this is part of that. This is part of that. They don't want to have land used to, to um, grow food. Um, they don't want ultimately people living in rural areas. They want everybody in urban built-up areas. Uh, so when you hear that word "sustainable development," is not a good thing. It's uh, I would say it's an evil thing. Actually, what do you think, Helen? Yeah. Well, if it if it was, I think it's it's one of these terms which, um, if it was what it actually should mean, then it would be a good thing. But I think sustainable development actually means many of the things that they want to 
like you say, want to. Um, yeah, in, in this uh, context, end. it's not a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, in this so, context. Um, but yeah. clearly, I mean, yeah, obviously, if you're going to if you're going to develop something in a way which is good, then yeah, absolutely fantastic. But 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 something which has objectives like this, which are bad, done under the banner of sustainable development, a, a phrase used to kind of give it a positive spin. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I would say that's 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 evil. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, and adaptation in- includes the United Kingdom as well, so it's not this. It 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 it's a all-encompassing term. So the the Sharm El Sheikh implementation plan highlights a global transformation to a low carbon economy, and this is expected to require investments of at least um, four to six trillion US dollars a year. And delivering such funding will require. Um, a swift and comprehensive transformation of the financial system and its structures and processes engaging governments, central banks, commercial banks, institutional investors and other financial actors. Hold on a sec. We've just we've just moved from from wildlife to to finance in quite a significant way here, haven't we? Obviously, finance comes into anything that we do. Absolutely it does. But that there's a lot a talk about Transfer, a comprehensive transformation of a financial system. Central banks. Wow. Wasn't expecting that. Were you expecting? Would you expect that, Heather? Helen? Um, what is more under the sustainable development banner? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, th- I thought we were, I thought we were talking about if we're living, you know, if we're doing sustainable development in a, in a good way, we want to, you know, manage the, the land well. We want to be able to, um, honor god in in how we live you know the bible you know god brought this idea of you know leaving leaving land um to rest didn't he um which is a really key thing that's a biblical thing but this 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 speaks of something else doesn't it a a transformation which is all encompassing done under the guise of sustainable development in quotes um, we've heard a lot of talk about central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. Um, you'll hear this a lot in the news and you'll hear more and more as the weeks and months go on until it becomes a reality. Um, I think we should do all we can to try and avoid that. But this is all part of one plan. These are not disconnected ideas. They're all connected. And that's not conspiracy theory. It's just fact. Um because Rishi Sunak, he's, he, he loves an old CBDC every now and again, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think as well, one of the things that came out of COP27 was how young people have really been put to the fore. I mean, obviously we have, we've had Greta um, Thunberg. Is it Thunberg or Thunberg? I mean, I, I don't really sure. care, to be honest. No. But, but Greta, 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 you know Greta yeah. Um, and you know she's been a um a mouthpiece that has been manipulated and, and used sadly and um but we've seen a lot of talk about how young people should be put at the forefront and listen to young people and there's nothing wrong in uh, in listening to to young people i i listen to young people every day do you listen to young people every day i think you listen to young people every day helen yes <laughs> yeah i hear a lot from young people but you know <laughs> 
What's the job of a parent? The job of a parent is to bring up your children. It's not to sit passively by and just and just let the culture bring them up. It's your job is an active job is to bring them up. In other words, we do listen to our children, but we bring them up. We teach them. We impart wisdom to them. And one of the things that is really coming through with this COP27 conference, and I think lots of other things, uh, agendas that are linked to this, is this idea that we should listen to those who lack wisdom. We should listen to those, and young people often lack wisdom. It's not a, it's not, it's not a, <laughs> that's not a criticism. It's just, it's just a fact of life. It's not, and we, yeah, we elevate people at our peril. And I think this is what is certainly happening here. But it all fits in with the, the, the wider the wider idea, doesn't it, I think? Yeah, yeah, it does. And I think I think this is particularly um significant, this this clear effort to influence young people. And I think it is has been hugely damaging. Um I've heard from young people myself who 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 are desperate who who feel there is no hope mm. that the world is going to end yes and they have no future yeah. these are the kinds of things that young people are saying and it is it's just awful um because they're being told they're being told that there is this climate emergency and if something's not done now the world is going to end mm. Mm. well how, how do you think that makes a young person feel mm. who is still developing still trying to make sense of the world um it's it's and it's in in schools it's it's everywhere i mean i've got as an example i've got a book we were given called how can you how you can save the planet this is a book for children um and i quickly scrolled it away because i didn't i thought I'm not was, sure. this, was this was this was this imparted to children your your children at school like no, it a... wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was given by a well-meaning friend. Um, Ex-friend. And, and I'm joking, I'm joking, in case your friend is listening to this. <laughs> no, this friend is not listening to this, I can assure you. Um, I'm only teasing. It's by Hendrikus van Hensbergen. Okay, well, that's, that's an easy one to look um, up on Amazon, then, isn't it? And in, in the foreword, I mean, for example, it says, we all know that sometimes the environmental situation can feel overwhelming. Biodiversity is crashing. Temperatures and sea levels are rising. Sea ice is thinning. Plastic pollution is growing. What can I do to change things? What's the point of even trying? The answer is that it's crucial to keep hope in the dark alive. And then it goes on at the end of this forward saying, um, remember you are never too small or too young to make an impact in the world. Know that everything you do counts. It is best to start now because we don't have much time. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's your job, child, to save the planet. And if you don't, and if you don't do it now, we're going to run out of time. It's, it is absurd. It is absurd. And it's doing massive damage. And it's doing massive damage. Like, yeah, we're seeing people talk about anxiety much more and they're just afraid and general fear. And this all feeds into that. And, and like I said, we are not saying that young people categorically lack wisdom. We're not saying that. What we are saying is you don't elevate 
young people to the point where you look to them for your answers, that you look to them for your solutions because they don't have the answers and they don't have the solutions. And And it's our job to provide them with the security they need to grow and develop, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. That's how a functioning society works. Exactly, exactly. Not not like, well, we don't have the answers, so children, you tell us, what what shall we do? Well, that's not going to make them feel secure is it no that's going to put an unsustainable uh, burden upon them it's interesting there was we talk about just a poils we'll touch on it a little bit briefly in in a in a short moment or two but we, we do see this kind of alarmism in churches sadly churches many churches should be the place that know better on this one but we but sadly we don't uh see that uh and and that's a that's a real real shame. Um, we also see that in organisations like Just Stop Oil. Clearly, um, there there was a, a video. I mean, there's lots of videos of Just Stop Oil, but there was one of um, a twenty four year old uh, woman, Louise Harris, who was um, irritatingly on top of a gantry over the M twenty five, and and she was videoing herself, and she said, you know, she was introducing herself, and then and then she just wailed and cried i don't have a future and you're thinking you what what's happened to you this poor young woman in a sense feeling sorry for her because she's so brainwashed that she believes the lie she's been told and not only that she's then been elevated to a point where she thinks she has to do something it's tragic and and i think the church we can't have a part in propagating this we need to have a part in in helping to um, stop this, but promoting it is is ridiculous. Um, right, shall we move on? Um, let's look at the church's response um, because I want to. Last year in COP twenty six, it was in Glasgow. Do you remember? Um, is way yep. way up north, and um, there is there's a there's a particularly good church in Glasgow called the Tron Church. I'm sure there's many churches in Glasgow that are good, but there's one church that I think is a, certainly a standout that I'm I'm aware of called the Tron Church, and um, they put a banner outside the church which said this: "The world's most urgent need." is churches preaching Christ crucified, not climate change. We need more churches like that in the UK. And at the moment, it feels like we're going in the opposite direction. Um, and the irony was that this was somehow controversial. <laughs> what? That's not controversial. This is the mission of the church. And yet many churches don't preach Christ crucified and do preach climate change we've got to wake up from this but let's let's we don't want to get too depressed but it might get a little bit more depressing as we talk about what um, some of the church have responded to this Helen do you want to take us through the 10 principles for climate repentance and we can kind of just talk about these a little bit because this I okay I'm almost (laughs) speechless with where to start on this one but it really is this this if you look if you're looking listening to all this and you're thinking this all sounds a bit nuts I mean let's be honest so do we I mean it's just it is it, it is it is a bit nuts but this is the reality of the world we live in and like I say we don't 
focus on this as Christians, as followers of Jesus, but we must be aware of this. We must understand why this is why this is uh, dangerous uh, so that we can stand for and point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. But yeah, just to talk us through these 10 principles because it, it's it's awful, isn't it? Go for it. It is, yes. Um, so this was... Um this was at the same time as COP27, the 10 principles for climate repentance were released um, with some fanfare and with some ceremonies um, to go with it. So um, shall, we, shall we go through them first? And yeah, then... let's go. I mean, it, yeah. it's worth pointing out it's a multi, this was a multi, multi-faith effort wasn't it, it whatever was. that means it just sounds like a, a complete contradiction uh, well it is a complete contradiction a complete nonsense but anyway it was a multi-faith multi-faith job wasn't it by yeah. the uh yeah and who was who was one of the chief chief people in this so one of the ceremonies one of them was held um well it was supposed to represent um uh, Mount Sinai, where of course um, the actual, real Ten Commandments were given, um, but there was also a ceremony in a number of places around the world, and one we had here in London. Okay, and it was the former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, who presided over the one that was held here. That's that 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 doesn't surprise me to hear that. But anyway, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. So. Um, so the 10 principles for climate repentance, should we go through them one by one? Yeah, let's do it. So we start off with, we are stewards of this world. Okay, yeah, we are stewards of this world. That, that yeah. I mean, that seems fairly fairly reasonable, doesn't it? I mean, it, 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 certainly God created man in his image. And when we say man, that includes men and women. God created mankind in his image, we read in Genesis, and God put man in the garden to tend it, to to look after creation, but not to worship it. Um, I think that's important. Stewards looking after something is is important in terms of to care for it, to watch over it, but we don't worship it. And it's very easy for stewardship to go into worship i think yeah and also we don't control it no we don't and that's why we worship worship the creator rather than the created yeah yeah so the next one creation manifests divinity <laughs> okay i'm not quite sure what they mean by that um i think we have to bear in mind it's a multi-faith effort is this one isn't it so um again romans were told you know creation speaks as to the existence of god in other words you look around your you look around and you have no excuse to say there is no god or to ignore god because you can see the evidence of god not in terms of this tree is god or this field is god but the works of god's of God's hand um, so in in that sense I suppose you could you could say that creation uh, manifests divinity but I 
I would be very surprised if, like Rowan Williams and others, just you know thought, well, this all happened by kind of an accident with a sort of remote god moving atoms around at some point, um, which would devalue this idea that um, creation speaks about God. But it's it's basically putting a trying to put a, um, a, a, a kind of godly twist on this, I think, isn't it? But okay, yeah, you might think, well, this is fairly innocuous at this point, but uh, <laughs> keep going, shall we? Because right, it gets okay, better. Yep. So the next one: everything in life is in interconnected. Hmm. Is it? Well. <laughs> depends how far you go. No, I don't think it is actually. No, I mean, I, I, I have no connection whatsoever with a fish right now. Absolutely not. Non, non at all. Non at all. And okay, maybe that's taking it at, 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 at simply face value. But we have to take this as at face value. Um, the spiritual and the physical are definitely connected. What in terms of people? So as people, we have we live in a physical world, but we also live in a spiritual world, a world we cannot see but is still very real. And the physical and the spiritual are interconnected. And as people, we um, we live in that reality. But this idea that we're in some kind of weird matrix where what I do affects a grasshopper somewhere else is is nonsense. Mm. Okay. So the next one, do no harm. On the face of it, that that's seems fairly okay, doesn't it? But but do do no harm to to who or to what? Does it mean we don't eat meat? Does it mean we don't chop down a tree to keep warm? Does it mean we don't kill a rat because we have a rat infestation, for example. How do you? Where's the context of that? That that yeah, that's simply a non-biblical idea. Do no harm. Because you see, the problem is, what this is in relation to everything. Whereas you look at something, you look at the Ten Commandments, and they're in relation to God and to each other and this twists that okay yeah keep the going keep one. going look after tomorrow look after tomorrow yeah well G jesus has these famous words doesn't he where he says do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own so it's really gone off piste with look after tomorrow yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, right, okay, let's keep going. Keep going. Rise above ego for our world. What do you think about that one, Helen? I mean, that that's like, <laughs> rise above ego. Who's ego really and, and what? what yeah. I mean, okay, is ego really low? Is it, I mean, okay, go on. Just try and help us here with this one. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Um we, well, we've got here, haven't we, a quote from Philippians 2, verse 3. Okay. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility consider one another 
as more important than yourselves. Yes. Yeah. Looking looking after other people. But th- but this this is this is this our world. This isn't really talking about people, I don't think. This is trying to put a kind of a new age paganism onto this and and talking about caring for our planet to giving um our 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 world our planet some kind of spiritual agency the next one is uh, the, uh this is this is if you're allowed to have favorites in in something which is so absurd then this probably would be one of mine uh change our inner climate you're going to change your inner climate today, Helen. How's your yeah, inner I quite climate fancy doing? Changing my inner climate. I'm feeling a bit chilly today. I might just <laughs> a bit of inner warmth. <laughs> uh, yeah. Again, what what does that mean? Um, what what we do know that the Bible has truth. Um, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Yes, and those words, by the way, they're not meant for everybody. They're not meant for everybody in the world. They're meant for those who have put their trust in Jesus. Those words only apply to the man or woman, boy or girl, who has put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't apply to somebody who hasn't done that. So again, it's just like change our inner climate. This surely has to, we as Christians, we have to be talking about the gospel. We have to be getting people to, to seek the truth, to look to Jesus for salvation. And then when you put your trust in Jesus, then you can have this glorious idea that we are being renewed on the inside. So if you want to talk about your inner climate, and talk about this in fanciful language, change your inner climate, being renewed to become like Jesus if you want to put it in that kind of Rob Bellish way, then well, okay, but but clearly they're not. <laughs> but if they were, that's where you that's how you would do it. But changing yeah. the climate is just waffle nonsense. And of course, that that is that's what God does. He's the one exactly. who changes us. Exactly, exactly. Not we changing ourselves. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Ne- so the next one: yeah. repent and return. Repent it and return. It doesn't say from what. Repent from what or return to what. Yeah. Just repent and return. It, it would be good if it said, uh, repent from acts that lead to death and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ where you'd find true salvation. You know, I'd be 100% behind that if it said this. I'd be like, yep. yeah, amen. Let's <laughs> let's preach it. Let's preach it. I mean, I'm not quite sure how the other faiths involved would see that. I think they'd drop off at that point. You go from having a multi-faith declaration to having a single faith declaration. But anyway, that would be worth doing. But repent and return. Return, yeah. Repent from I, what? Yeah. And return from what to what? No I idea. I they mean repent of your climate sins. Yeah, what they mean is repent repent of the industrial revolution and return to poverty and sickness yeah. and early death. I think that's what that means. Probably that. Um, yeah. Every action matters. Well, actually, you know, there is truth there, isn't there? Um, every action yes. matters. Un- unintended truth here in the... Um, <laughs> The the ten uh, the ten things of ten principles of climate repentance. Yep, well, we will all face God's judgment. Yes. Yeah. And the, yeah, absolutely, we will. And the question is, will we be found to be 
covered by the blood of Christ because we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done for us on the cross, his death and his resurrection. Will we, be, will we have our sins wiped away because of that or not? And every action does matter. Yeah, we should be living in the truth as Christians of what Jesus has done for us. Um, but yeah, and the, the last one would be my, my second favourite, I think. I was going to say this is my favourite. <laughs> Go on then, <laughs> Go for it. Use mind open heart <laughs> it's like what what is it come again what does that mean i don't understand use, use mind, mind open, heart. open heart i'm sure that's probably on the loaded t-shirts now somewhere <laughs> Do isn't you think it someone was on drugs when they wrote this well they're on something that's for sure they're definitely on something i mean th- this is this is pagan new age nonsense this is i'm afraid there's there's just a there's no there's no kind of no other way to say this, um, but yeah, it's. I mean, really, this is this is blasphemy. Let's let's like call it out for what it is. This is this is a form of blasphemy, trying to mimic the the Ten Commandments uh, given by God to Moses, and which by which you know our Judeo Christian heritage sits on, um, yeah. and this is this is what I'm afraid we would expect. Sadly, from people like. Um, Lord Williams, um, but others as well, and it's interesting when it when I mean you'll 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 find you'll find this all over the place when you when you have a look if you Google it and we'll put a link into um, where you can find this um, so you can read it for yourselves and be amazed. But the you know things like Church Times, for example, they make no comment at all as to the 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 madness of it or even really the the blasphemy of it they they simply just report it um and it it's really gaia worship isn't it helen yeah it is it is and it's worship of of mother earth yeah and and this is this is why as again as christians be really alert to climate activism seeping into your church it comes in all sorts of ways. Could be praying for the climate. It could be doing some other form of action in this regard. Be alert to this because that's how the door opens. And before you know it, your church is adopting a ten principles for climate repentance, and you've 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 left the narrow path and have walked off a cliff edge. Yeah. Um, and none of us want to do that, and none of us should be doing that. But this 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 kind of paganism. Which is what it is 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 a total and complete rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, let's call it's, it out for what it, it is. is. It's idolatry, isn't it? it? Is and idolatry. it's actually breaking the first of the real Ten Commandments, yes. which is, "You shall have no other god before me, no other gods before me." Which includes creation, which includes the climate. The yeah. current Archbishop of uh, Canterbury, he spoke recently about a. An existential threat posed by climate change. And, and he says this, he said, the climate emergency is an existential global threat that requires a global response with radical action, imagination and justice. Let us together see justice done so that countries can access new and fair finance for the loss and damage caused by climate change. It's imperative that we seek um, justice that those nations with greatest responsibility will take the lead, achieving net zero carbon emissions and supporting other countries in this transition god calls us to embrace justice christian scripture describes how we share in the renewed creation of heaven and earth with justice 
let justice flow so that we see human lives and hope restored and the life of earth itself protected and renewed i mean we can't spend a long time on, on this but that is simply awful um first of all i mean we will come back to 2 peter 3 but that's a I, I don't know what translation he's using there but it's a complete misrepresentation misquoting misuse misapplication of that passage that somebody who leading the church should know better and clearly doesn't or doesn't care i'm not sure which one it is mm. um it's it's just it's just awful and he talk he just waffles he just talks about you know notice how he gets in there he gets net zero carbon in there he gets um fair finance in there talks about justice there is one mission of the church which william philip from the tron church clearly clearly got right and the archbishop of canterbury would do well to take a leaf out of his book i think yeah definitely um the world is in god's hands it's not in man's hands be encouraged by that truth yeah. Be encouraged by that truth. Um, so, yeah, one of the other ones that we just want to mention briefly, because they've been in the news a lot, and they're linked to all this. Is just, just stop oil. You probably, you probably heard of these, these guys. They, um, they've disrupted many people's lives uh, recently, mainly by climbing on gantries over motorways, and they've also done uh, things like throw paint over artwork, um, door buildings in paint. They've glued themselves to to roads. Um, I think it's just just having a better context. They are linked to Extinction Rebellion and Insulate Britain. Uh, that the they're not grassroots vol- uh, organisations run by volunteers. So when you see Just Stop Oil, it's not a grassroots organisation. They're backed by uh, billionaires, international corporations, and uh, yeah, the, there's a guy Roger Hallam who I, who I believe at the moment I think is 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 in prison awaiting trial but might be wrong on that one i think if he certainly has been in prison yeah, whether th- he's still there i'm not sure but roger hallam he he's um one of the co-founders of extinction rebellion but also just stop oil and and insulate britain <clears throat> and christians need to be aware of this for this reason the the the, the agenda there's an agenda behind these organizations which is far more insidious than we perhaps would think by just looking at the news and looking at these people wailing on gantries or sticking themselves to roads and causing misery for thousands of people trying to go about their lawful life lawful daily life um but si- uh, there's a guy called uh, sorry Stuart uh, Baston he was another co-founder of Extinction Rebellion alongside Roger Hallam and he has argued that this movement is not it isn't about the climate uh, it's concerned with many issues, um, such as overturning white supremacy, the patriarchy, Eurocentrism, heteronormativity, cultural identity, class hierarchy. He goes on to talk about how to focus on the climate's breakdown, in brackets, a symptom, without focusing attention on these toxic delusions, the causes, is a form of denialism. So yeah it's it it's 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 really quite something to be aware of here because there is a deeper far more dangerous agenda that's behind these protests that it isn't really about the climate it's about the breakdown of everything it's a breakdown of values of moral values it's 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 taking the place of religion because it's becoming a religion um 
yeah, this this is uh, Stuart Basden goes on to say, if we only talk about the climate, we're missing the deeper problems plaguing our culture. And if we don't exercise the cause of the infection, we can never hope to heal from it. Um, they, it's a very very dangerous thing. So again. We would say that this has absolutely no place whatsoever in the church, and the church should be really clear about this. And sadly, many churches aren't. They just think, mm. "Oh, this is just this this these people doing this are doing this because of the climate emergency." No, they're not. They're doing it because they want to destroy our way of life. And and the people sitting on a gantry or gluing themselves to a motorway, I don't think necessarily they personally want. To, <laughs> they're not thinking, oh, "I want to destroy your way of life." They they just bought into this. They've been brainwashed into this. Sadly, pray for them. Pray for them. Yeah. That's that's an answer here, I think. They have been brainwashed into it. I mean, Roger Hallam, who, <coughs> uh, from his prison cell, he wrote um, this great long paper and entitled Advice to Young People as You Face Annihilation. So, mm. you know, that's what their leader is telling them. You face annihilation. So this is my advice. This is what you need to do. You need to go out there and throw soup at paintings or whatever. Um, but... But but you're right. This uh, this you know we we've talked before about this build back better, and and that comes from a a breaking down a, a first breaking down of of society in order to rebuild in the way they want to. Yeah. They the elites the powers that be. And it is all interconnected. You know we've we've seen we've seen the direction of travel that's. It's come from lockdowns with things like vaccine passports, which, as we've said many times, they've not gone away. The technology is there, and it's going to be used again. Um, there'll be we've got CBDCs with the the um, the removal of cash, and that that's important because the social credit system that's rolled out in China is the model at the moment that is being that is being looked at, and and in many ways will be replicated. Um, so yeah, the, the the big picture here is is not is not a great one, but the, the point is, and I think our main point would be the bit that our focus isn't on um, isn't on this side of things in terms of that's our focus. Our focus has to be on the Lord Jesus Christ, about pointing people to Him and about encouraging encouraging um, others to to look to the cross for their salvation but let's just let's bring it into land and talk about the kind of christian perspective on this because i think that's really important isn't it as we, we come to come to finish this this episode yeah yeah definitely sorry if anyone's distracted by a phone that keeps ringing in my house your, your, um, your pa is not on the job that's yeah, the... no not at all <laughs> <laughs> um so i think i think one good thing is to go go back to genesis back to the beginning of the bible god created the earth and it was good God created man in his image. Um, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Mm. Mm. Um, so God created the earth and it was good. Um, God is the creator and he is the one that we are to worship. And God instructed mankind to have dominion over and care for the earth god blessed them and said to them be fruitful and increase in number fill the earth and subdue it um in genesis 1 verse 28 god put adam in the garden of eden to work it and take care of it 
Um, and there is obviously after the fall, there's there's a change, and working the land becomes a toil and becomes hard work, and we have to recognize that sin mars every part of creation. Yeah. But the divine order established by God remains. Yes. And yeah. we really created in point. God's image, we're made to live in relationship with Him and walk with Him. We're to live and work in this world in partnership with God and as stewards of the resources that he has given us. And this is done out of worship for him. This is to live for God's glory. This is to because we love God. This is because we put our trust in him. We don't worship the created. We worship the creator. And the created is there for um, our enjoyment and for us to look after but but we've with this whole cop 27 climate alarmism it the, the the focus has shifted away well it was never on god in the first place but it's it's shifted totally towards worshiping the creation isn't it and yeah. and this is this is the downfall and it's then it's become a religion it's become a religion and it's it become has, a god yeah. and this is why as believers we should be really really aware of of this um yeah we need to remember the real commandments which primarily are to love god yeah and have no idols yes yeah and 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 saying that we you know we don't worship the environment that we that we you know, us saying that we shouldn't worship the environment that 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 we worship God. That's that's not the same as saying, oh, it doesn't matter about the environment. We can just 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 treat it with disdain. We're not saying that. We've never said that. No. Um, I think we've got to avoid this idea that if you're if you're against something, you're completely in the opposite direction, <laughs> which is a yeah. which is a constant trend, and that's a trick used by those propagating climate alarmism they say well if you're not if you're not totally with us you're totally against us well it, it doesn't work like that life doesn't work like that no um, no definitely and, and again think, you've yeah. got to get that as christians we've got to understand nuance in this it's so important yeah it is i think i've said before but um you know i would i, I would at one point would have classed myself in in as some kind of conservationist or someone who is passionate about um the about the countryside and um farming obviously i've grown up in farming but but now i mean i wouldn't let any of those kind of environmental labels be pinned on me because it's just become so extreme and like you say it's become like a like a religion um mm. and 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 I think it's it's because of that wrong order. I think when we have the order correct and that we have have God as our Lord and we put him first and we determine to love God first, then everything else comes into its right order and we will care for our immediate environment properly. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, we will, and and I think it, the right order of how to approach life comes out of putting God first, doesn't it? Which is yeah, which is what 
what we're saying here. Um, just as well, just as we finish, I think one of the other reminders for us as, as Christians, if you're a Christian listening to this, just a reminder, just think back to March 2020. Think back to how how quickly the church, as a an overview, got behind you know, or we 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 mustn't we mustn't worship together. We mustn't mustn't sing. We we need to wear masks. We need to sanitize our hands when we get the vaccine. Go and get the vaccine. Why? Because this virus is really dangerous. We've got to do everything we can. And you know, most of that now turns out to be um, not true. And then now we've got the um, situation with what we're told is a climate emergency we've got to get behind this we've got to do everything we can and people are running around like saying we've got to do everything we can but surely the message of the church through this is not to get behind government measures for a a virus that's going around as mm-hmm. it as if we've as if we don't follow those measures then calamity will happen or or if the there's a climate emergency and we don't get behind that then calamity is going to happen surely the message of the church should be Sin has eternal consequences. And if you want an emergency, it's the sin emergency that's the one that the church has to get behind because that's where we can hold out the hope and the truth found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the worrying thing is, the fact that the church has not done that says says to me, we don't really think it's a problem. The fact that we'll get behind COVID measures or we'll get behind climate alarmism far more than we'll talk about sin means something is drastically wrong in the church. And I think if, we're, if we've got to sort ourselves out here somehow and do be praying about that. And I don't know what your individual church situation is like, of course, but do, do be praying for that. And do be praying for your church leaders that they'd have their eyes open to this and refocus themselves. The church's job is the John Church very clearly put and got 100% right is to preach Christ crucified not to preach climate alarmism or whatever else the current zeitgeist is Um, yeah yeah absolutely there's too much of church leaders following uh, following the science following the science yeah follow Following. jesus don't follow the yes exactly science. follow jesus don't follow the science yeah, she made the, t-shirt, she made... the, the world yes and, yes and running around like yeah. headless chickens just doing whatever the world tells you well that's yeah. just like we said before it's folly it, it is folly and, and you know one and, and we do it really we, i don't know how many people want to admit this but the real reason we do it is because we want to fit in with the world we want to be seen to be relevant we want the world to say oh wow well done church you're getting yeah. behind this that's that's like you say helen that's a total and utter folly and that's a dereliction of duty as well so just yeah we're using strong words here but but because it matters this matters um so be praying for your church leaders. shall we fi- shall we f- Unless you got, if you've got anything to add, because I know you've got to go, so if anything to add, yeah. or shall we finish? Um, well, then we'll finish a, with a bit of scripture. Something I was reading a commentary on this, and um, they said the way to heaven isn't through virtue signalling your concern for the climate; it's through believing John three sixteen, which says, "For God so loved the world, including its climate, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life." Mm. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I think we, we thought we'd end with um, a passage in 2 Peter chapter 3. 
we'll re- um, revisit the the section which the Archbishop of Canterbury touched on, and when he was talking about this, or or his intern his intern touched on whoever wrote it. I don't know. Maybe it was an intern. Anyway, maybe it was. <laughs> anyway do you want do you want to read it out, Helen? Yeah, I'll read it. It's out. a bit of a longer one today, but we're, we're, it really is the end. The end is in sight now. The You'll end be pleased is in to sight. know. <laughs> so it says. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Amen. That is that is it, isn't it? And and just just that be realigned to the truth, if we need realigning at all, or reminding of the truth that it's the word of God that sustains this earth. Uh, it's not um, it's not sustainable development. It's not. Um, uh, payments it's not a re rejigging of the financial system or whatever other other nonsense that people want to foist on the rest of the world it's the word of god and and this um this this world we're told is being kept for um the day of day of judgment reserved for fire be a new heavens and a new earth so we are as christians we are to look to that day when Jesus returns, we are to ready others as best as best we are able with God's strength to to prepare them. Um, to know that there there is an end, uh, but there is a future to be had for those who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And now is this time for salvation, and this is our mission. And we need to kind of, yeah, just focus on our mission and what's important. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, we'll finish there. Thank you for listening. Um, as ever, if you do have any thoughts or suggestions or comments, please do get in touch with us. You can uh, find the various links to what we do on our link tree on um, the Podbean. Uh, you've got Helen's Substack. You've got we have a Telegram channel which we put interesting stuff in. So do do join that. Please do share this podcast with those you think it would either help or encourage. And um, yeah, is that everything? I think that's everything. I think so, yep. Nice one. Okay, well, look, we'll see you guys next one. See you soon. Bye.